Hi friends, and welcome back to the luxury of self-care. Whether you're on the go or lounging with a glass of wine, this is the perfect podcast to dive into. From relatable topics to all people and things who inspire and empower me on a daily basis. I'm Anastasia, your host. And today's episode is entitled Shift in Survival, an Artist's View. So first off, thank you so, 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 so much for all of your patience. I know I went on a little brief hiatus there for about a week and a half, but I did have a lot of things going on. I will be diving into quite a bit of that in the upcoming episode on Sunday, since I like to keep my Thursday episodes for a featured guest and my Sunday episodes for insight of what I'm doing and what I'm learning or a specific topic that I'm dealing with. I'm going to save it for then, so you got to tune into that one. Today I'm really excited because I did do this interview about three weeks ago, but I am featuring a guest and her name is Jennifer Apple. You're going to love her, guys. You're absolutely going to love her, so I can't wait for her to come and jump on and give you all the insight that she's going through and how she's navigating through this pandemic as an artist, what we can do, what resources we can utilize as artists in order to navigate through this this time of uncertainty, this time that we really need to focus on this mental health and self-care. And we're really sinking into it at this point, right? At first, everyone was making that statement, summer's not canceled. And now we're coming up on Labor Day almost, which is wild. I mean, summer always, to me personally, feels like it flies by so quick. But truly, I think the beauty of what she has to say, she gives you a completely different mindset of how you can go about things. It kind of exists with this really nice way of having a conversation about all that's going on. For this introduction here and for the little brief information that we have at the end, I am in my new apartment in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I did make it here. I'm alive. I'm surviving and I'm figuring out how to set up things differently. So if you have any comments on sound, feel free to send me a message about them. I am still dealing with things in a different way, but I feel like I've got a pretty good quality. So without further ado, let me get on to introducing today's guest. Jennifer Apple is a multi-hyphenated artist who hails from NYC. She most recently played the role of Anna in the Tony Award-winning musical The Band Visit on the first national tour and has performed at several regional theaters. She has developed and workshopped a ton of new plays and musical, which is definitely her jam. Jennifer has appeared on TV in New Amsterdam and holds an MFA in acting from the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, California. As an acting coach, she specializes in BFA and MFA auditions, finding new material specifically for you, acting in song and monologue, Shakespeare, and scene study. She believes in honest and truthful storytelling, the power of simply being and bringing out what makes you, you. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Yay! (laughs) I'm so excited to be doing this. Oh, so am I. It's great. Finally connecting. Yes. So Jennifer and I kind of met, I guess, through the internet. Yeah. I feel like it feels very millennial or Gen Z or whatever. I don't know what the difference is. But yeah, it feels (laughs) very apropos for the times. 
especially now times. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I was excited. I'll never forget. I was actually laying in bed. I think I was laying in bed with my boyfriend. I opened up a DM. And oh I was boy. like, oh, my God, someone I don't know is listening to my podcast. And they said they liked it and they like my vibe. And <laughs> they were just chatting with me. And my boyfriend was like, that's cool. <laughs> oh, it's, it, honestly, if anybody else is like lying in bed with their significant other and they're like, hey, babe, somebody I didn't know slid into my DMs and chatted with me, they'd be like, um, do we need to talk about this? Like, <laughs> are, is there something that I don't know? Like, what's up? Right, right. That whole slide into the DMs thing. I don't think I ever got cool enough to use that word. <laughs> no, I honestly don't think anybody wants to be able to like say somebody slid into my DMs. I feel like that has such a derogatory like, oh, yeah, they slid into my DMs. OK, yeah, that's Great. exactly I can hear with like that valley girl like yeah, waddle like, fry. You slid into my DMs. So we chatted from there. <laughs> okay. No, I love it. So we but we originally we were kind of figuring out how we met it was through hannock right yes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah did you get a chance to listen to her episode or i did i listened to just... parts of it mm-hmm. i was like oh yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it feels it's it's hannah it makes total sense i love hannah yeah we did uh i just did a chakra balancing with her recently i love and that i've been in the midst of the, the all the moving and stuff so i was telling her when i was doing the chakra balancing the the very first chakra is all about support and um mm. it's about security and all these unknowns and all these things in our lives right now and just that security is not there so it's definitely like pins and needles mm-hmm. so i was trying to like focus on that area but she yeah she really is a gem i'm glad she's doing all her stuff with her meditation too yeah it's fine. I mean, again, like she and I are new into each other's lives, but I feel like there was like an instant and we're chatting. I feel like I chat with her more, more often than I do a lot of people I've known for years. Again, through, That's so through DMs, like it's through, of I course. mean, I feel like it's, you know, she's oh God, definitely girl, big so on the cool. DMs. Look at that outfit <laughs> or oh my God, what about that? Like, I feel like we're definitely up in each other's space in that respect, but you know. Well, we lucky. all kind of are right now, you know, we, that's what we have and we're so lacking Human We're connection. just lacking communication and <laughs> yeah. human connection and all this stuff. And in positive ways and negative ways, a lot of us are really connecting via social media. And I, I think that there are two ways that that can be. And like in yeah. that sense of being positive or negative. But at the same point, it's bringing people together. These artists it is. together. So I'm That's so the thing thrilled. I wanted so hard to, t- I, I truly, like I, I really feel I waste so much time scrolling and quote unquote mm. comparing. And it's, I know... There would be an adjustment period, but I feel like I would be better off without it. But it's it's been really hard during these times because I feel in some ways that's the only way I'm keeping some sort of social connection to people. And it's this double-edged sword where, yeah, I really, really hate it. And I, but I also appreciate what it does sometimes. So how do you find that balance where it doesn't feel like it's sucking your soul? And well, the other side of like things like this, where it's like, oh, I get to connect with new people who are doing amazing work. Or like feel right. like, you know, our vibes are jiving. Like how do we chat and create together? Like that for me is why I want to engage in social media. So that's a definitely Absolutely. balancing act. That was why I think I got into it in the first place too. I, it all started with my Zanga account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you remember? Did you ever oh, have that? Oh, of course. Oh my I God. That. I also you had the I, music and oh everything. Yeah. And it oh was yeah. a blog, basically. Oh, yeah. My live journal, I came across that a couple of years back. 
and that's actually been something I had on my list. This just reminded me of my quarantine list of I need to pull all of that off of the interweb so that I have it somewhere for God forbid when they shut that whole domain down, which I imagine it basically is. I don't lose my angsty teenage self who had all these feelings. Oh, yeah. I, I talk about that a lot. I've actually... So I was really encouraged to journal in college. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything on the computer. I, I am still to this day, I'm a writer, I'm a journaler. Right. I have all my different books. I remember when we first met and I was like taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> notebook. Like that is me to the T. But yeah, I, I have so many books of different things that I journaled in and then they really encouraged it in college. So I had so many, so much nasty. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah. Things the that most. I was going through during that time. The most. The thing too on live journal is like you had interactions with all of your other friends who had their live journals and I don't necessarily know how to drag all their comments because I feel like that's partially why I love it so much. They'd be like, yes, like I I relate or whatever, you know, the emo situation was at the time. But all of, you know, I just remember it visually and that was like my thing. My God, I really loved live journal. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds really fun. You'll definitely have to pull that stuff down because it's always such a cherish. It's so cherishable and humbling to like look back and be like, oh, you know, at that time in my life, that really was affecting me or to look how much you've blossomed and grown and how you've learned how to deal with certain things as well. Maturing, the maturing of life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were talking to me about that, too, because we were talking about centering at 30 Mm-hmm. Not you to like name age here, but sure, yes, I know. I Sorry, <laughs> I called it out. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm proud of it. I'm proud. I feel like people Good, take you seriously same. once you hit thirty or above. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially as a female in, in uh, any industry, really, but this industry in particular. Yeah, no one really cares who you are, and they definitely don't think that you are a serious actor or performer or artist in general until, for some reason, you're like, oh, I'm thirty, and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, because you've been doing it. Like, I think, I don't want to say this in a bad way. I would say there's a couple different reasons of that. I would say if you're in your 30s and you're still a performer, I think people automatically think, oh, mom and daddy, if you have that opportunity, aren't helping you with bills. That was never really my journey personally, Mm -hmm. but I do know a lot of people moving to a big city like New York or being in LA, like it's super expensive and you can ride the train for so long until you Mm -hmm. maybe get married and get a real job or however these things are so I feel like you've established yourself enough and you figured yourself out by the time you turn 30 people all of a sudden think oh I can take you seriously just like you said yeah. oh 30 okay but yeah. it just doesn't take into account like so many other things right like I mean if somebody had to you know if you grew up without you know a parent and you you know grew up in a single parent home and then you basically know how to and you have siblings and you basically raise your siblings who's to say that like once you're 24 years old you're not a an adult like I just feel like but for whatever reason you know that's just a very very you know specific example but like there's so many reasons why someone could be a mature adult but the mid-20s or whatever and for whatever reason no matter what their experience is as a female specifically until you hit that 30 until there's a three and a zero somewhere in your name like (laughs) no people are like great you've been through set things but like now yeah now we care no yeah that's a wow. really that's a really interesting thought with that and as we're going through that in this time and I mean even look back like the millennials and the generation Z it's just my boyfriend says this statement September 11th happened and then it never got better I mean listen he's not wrong 
I know. Like, it's just constant. But, like, was it, be- was it better before that, too? Or, like, was that really just the catalyst for True. people finally seeing, you know? And that's really the... I mean, yeah. what is better? <laughs> we're in a right. quarantine and a pandemic. We're, we're in a quarantine. We're in a pandemic. And then this idea that we, you, you and I were talking about of everybody wanting to get back to normal. And I yeah. don't think that that's a thing anymore. I don't... I don't it's more the words the new normal and it's more how do we move forward how do we deal with this so all all of those things I know that we're all you would you would coin this really well so I'll let you kind of talk about your survival mode and what you were saying about how we're all kind of living in this uh, emotional life yeah I mean it's I think and I posted something about this again on the social media the other day where it's you know like this idea of trying to be productive, right, during mm-hmm. this time or trying to find, you know, um, your footing, your groundedness, your way of, you know, surviving, right? Yeah. People are trying to feel, quote unquote, normal during this time, which is great. Good on you if you're successful in that. But no matter where you are, or what you're doing, like every single person globally is in a pandemic, which means that like you are in your basic living, your daily life, you're just simply, Mm -hmm. your body knows that it is in survival mode. Like that is where we are, you know? And I feel like it, it doesn't behoove anyone to ignore that and also to belittle that, you know, to live in a state of trying to survive takes energy, it takes effort, it takes thoughtfulness it's exhausting it's emotionally taxing I mean all of these things on our bodies that I don't necessarily think we're giving enough I don't it's not credit but enough weight to right it's a weight that is on every single one of us that there's this desire to not be in it and we have zero control over that and also how do you survive financially emotionally spiritually whatever during this time you know and yeah we're not it's not normal and coming out of it certainly shouldn't, frankly, be normal. I don't think we should be striving for normal. Normal wasn't working. Um, but yeah, whatever it ends up becoming, right, the quote-unquote new normal, which will be different for every individual, I feel like you have to give yourself space to recognize that you have, if hopefully when we see an end to it, um, that you have survived something. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. It's really That's big. Huge. We're going to be you talking know? about this art to our grandkids and everything. Yeah, going to be, where were there's you? There's a lot of history. Where were you? Yeah, just the same yeah, we, way we're doing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still remember I can figure someone's age out mathematically because I'll always ask, oh, where were you on September 11th? Exactly. Exactly. It's For a, something no, it's like a that. Like we're already doing it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, you know, so really, like, when there are those days that you wake up and you feel like you don't want to get out of bed, like, that's really okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like if that day yeah. is all about simply like surviving, then let it be like you are in a pandemic. That is self-care. Like self-care exactly. is like that day is okay. It's okay for you not to be quote unquote productive. What is that really anyway? Everyone's in a pandemic, you know? Yeah. yeah we're all just trying to figure out, like you said, it's just, it's truly just survival mode and, and what's next and how do we do this? And it's even funny. My dad I love him. I love him for it. But since I'm moving back home, he'd even pointed out to me, he said, okay, now that, now that our $600 is out, which I know you and I had talked about now that that $600 isn't a part of our unemployment anymore. Like now we have to get back to work or what are we going to do now? Or what's this or Mm -hmm. what's that? And in my mind, I'm like, it, 
I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you had made this post as well, again, on social media. Yeah, I mean, it's, right? Like, us artists, it's an interesting situation where, you know, frankly speaking, obviously, TV, movies is one thing, but, like, we are getting people through quarantine. Like, us artists, and I speak that very, you know, like, loosely, but, like, Mm -hmm. visual artists, anybody who's on your screen while you're sitting and watching Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, whatever, the music that you're listening to, the books that you are reading, like, anything, anything that you are consuming is done by artists of every single capacity. And we... I mean, and we're not deemed essential, which is the irony of all of it, because we're literally the things that are getting people through this time, whether it's through boredom or, or whether it's happiness through... again. Exactly. Or or serenity joy, or whatever. Joy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fine. If you find a yoga teacher, yes, it's 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 fitness, but it's also like an art. That is an yeah. art. It's a craft. Right. So but you would never tell a doctor or a lawyer, for example, who went to school for law went to school to be a doctor to be like hey listen the world has shut down so like why don't you go and find a new job there's just not there's the stigma for whatever reason around being an artist that it's not this essential thing because of whatever that is there's a disconnect because everybody's consuming it and everybody's needing it and everybody's wanting it and and yet we're dispensable um, when it comes to, you know, society and the way in which there is a structure and systemic whatever towards us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to know that for us who have, a lot of us have spent our lives in whatever capacity, you know, fostering and, and harnessing these skills yes. that we have to, because of the state of the system, we have to somehow pivot and find something new versus true, other true. people who don't. You yeah, know, and that's that's definitely been I mean, and anyone making a choice to make a pivot on their own. Oh journey, my god, do it. Live your best life. Path in life. Go for it. Live your life. I, I was doing the same thing at the time and now we just we don't know. I I I had this whole thought with myself the other day and I was going through some work with one of my coaches. Are you familiar with the paradox process? Mm-mm. My girlfriend was just on an episode uh, called Levitate Above the Bullshit. Okay, <laughs> love that. That was the episode. You'll have to tune into it. And she she does all this stuff about the paradox process, and he works with all the greats. He works with Sutton Foster, and um, now I feel like I can't name anyone. <laughs> but basically breaks down these minute-long episodes that you have in your head with a few keys and kind of helps you have conversations with yourself. Okay. And I had realized that... I was holding on to so much of this extra energy and emotion about work and my fear about what Mm. was to come and what's next. And what I realized was nothing is secure. There is no such thing as a secure job because even someone, even someone who doesn't know how to adapt in a chameleon, someone that God bless them, graduates college, gets their job and they're working there for 15 years. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. If this pandemic, if during this time they lost their job, Sure, they have all their skills that they have, but they have no idea what it's like right. to look for other work. So they're a fish out of water too. A lot of us are fishes out of water. And my yeah. point was is that I always felt I didn't always have a stable career in theater, and I felt like I finally had found one in sales. But then I lost my job too. So like, right. Yeah. Yeah. But also in in on the flip side of that, right? You have many artists who know what it feels like to be in an unstable work situation. So there is this adaptability that I think is within our nature. And I'm speaking in crazy generalizations, obviously, but there is a theme of 
you know, one time you're doing this type of thing and the next time you're not. And then this whole year, you're not actually employed in a show, but you're doing this. Like there is there is no security when really when you get into performing specifically because unless right. you're creating your own work um, and even then, you know, that's its own ball of tricks. But, you know, there because we are a little bit more chameleon like what you're saying, there is, mm-hmm. I think it's impactful in a very different way for those of us who don't have a job because we're quote unquote used to potentially being in between jobs, but it's more a matter of knowing that our whole industry is completely shut down and that there isn't even the possibility of that. So like how do you navigate with that being a thing, you know, where you have even less control than you had beforehand um, and you're not the only one. And speaking and speaking of things completely changing along with our industry. So pandemic hit, where were you prior to pandemic? (laughs) I was on tour with uh, the band's visit. Uh, So we were in Pittsburgh um, when COVID really shuttered things. And yeah, we didn't finish our week in Pittsburgh. We went back to our points of origin and I have been out actually uh, in Los Angeles since then, which is not my point of origin. My point of origin is New York, but say la vie. And uh, yeah, here I am like almost half a year later. Yeah. Which is wild. I remember hitting that, that like five, are we at the six month mark? We're no, almost at six we're months. At yeah. Five, we're almost into it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's because crazy. I came out here March 15th and it's August, what, 7th or whatever it is right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not even at the beginning of August. And in a week from now, it's going to be six months. That's nuts. What? Hey friends, just a quick interruption here. I just wanted to say if you're really liking this episode, if you could do me a solid and pop on over to Apple Podcast, feel free to rate the show on Apple Podcast. If you have a moment and can even write a review specifically stating what you love about the show, it would really mean the world to me and helps me continue to grow this community and create good content for you. Even if you have a topic idea, go ahead and throw it in there as well or pop on over, slide into my DMs as Jennifer and I are saying on Instagram. You can find me at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg on Instagram or go ahead and like the Facebook page entitled The Luxury of Self-Care. And on there, I am constantly checking it. I'm constantly available. So please don't hesitate to reach out. All right, let's jump back on with Jennifer. I know, and none of us really knew how long it was going to last. Like, I remember no. when it first happened. I remember when it first happened, I was like, oh, thank God. Like, Doug and I have our own apartment, and we had decided to not have a roommate, and mm-hmm. at least we're okay here. I feel safe here. Because if I would have been in, in an apartment with roommates personally, I probably would have said, I'm going to leave during this time because I have no idea what's to come. Right. And I know a lot of my friends did, you know, a lot of my friends did. And it's, it's still crazy. There's so many of us, like you said, that our hubs are New York. And I don't even, some of my friends haven't even come back yet or even right. have plans yet to when they're right. coming back because Broadway is literally closed for the rest of the year. At least. Yeah. And you were supposed to end your tour in July? June. End of June. June. Mm-hmm. Have they talked to you at all about doing the show again? Or? I mean, the hope for them is, I think, you know, it was the, still the first national. We were the first, first, we were, my God, redundancy. We were the first national, <laughs> right? So 
Um, there were still a lot of huge markets that the show had not hit. And now with COVID, there were markets that had to be canceled that were bigger markets that were, weren't um, hit, you know, San Francisco, Los Angeles, like really big ones. So the yeah. interest is still there. I think it's just a matter of, frankly, logistically with, you know, the union, with various, um, how do you navigate, you know, hopping to various cities that are all abiding by different forms of protection um how do you safely travel all of your cast and crew and everyone from city to city that isn't truck and bus you know where most of these cities are not linear so it's you know you fly from florida to go to des moines or whatever you're doing you know so not on the bus and riding mm -mm. on a bus no so or, or will we be? And if you do, then what is the union doing? So there's a lot of logistics and a lot of, I think, unknowns. And, you know, if you had told me back in March that I would be out here six months later in L.A., I would have laughed because yeah. no one expected it to be what it is. No one thought that it would be as long as it's lasted, let alone will right. continue to be. So this idea that it keeps morphing and things keep changing, people have to stay ready to constantly be flexible so the the goal is ideally to you know start back up next year at some point but who knows true right I mean that that whole thing a lot of companies even outside of theater are saying oh you know probably by 2021 but the the big word here is probably right or but listen like you have to remain relatively optimistic so that you don't lose complete hope right but right my first episode was that was that what's stimulating you because I was starting to lose stimulation and I'm someone who is an artist and like you know we were talking about this when you're on a tour or when you're um on a cruise ship Mm -hmm. or on a contract that's pretty consistent where you're only doing the show in the evening you've been doing it forever you kind of get into this state of I have all this excess time and how do I utilize it? Right. You could truly sit down and binge watch every single thing you want to watch, which again, you're supporting artists mm-hmm. <laughs> or For, no, no you, shame. Truly. on binge. Yeah, anything. truly. But, or you're learning new skills or this week I'm binge watching stuff. And next week I want to learn Spanish or next week I'm drawing in my adult coloring book, all these different things. And and finding those ways of stimulation, I was even talking to you, you know, what your experience was like on tour and what stuff you were doing outside of the show yeah. to keep mentally, mentally sane. Yeah. I mean, I feel like whether I would be on tour or whether it's in my life now, my interests are relatively similar. Uh, it's just a matter of obviously now having to take extra precautions or not do some of the things because I'm not allowed to, right? But right. I'm a huge outdoor fanatic um nature hiking all of that really is grounding to me um I mean it's all in conjunction with travel so you know if I ever have any sort of vacation time I'm not necessarily the one to like go to just a beach and hang out that's not my speed I'm more like let's go somewhere and let me like go on an adventure I'm definitely like an adventure kind of gal so yeah I mean on tour as much as possible if there were you know uh, I don't know parks or hikes or whatever around the cities that we were in, I would definitely try to hit those up. But if not, like really walking of the city and getting out into the city itself um, and exploring new cultures and uh, restaurants, museums, um, meeting new local people. I think that for me was a really huge um, 
thing that I tried to accomplish on tour specifically. You know, a lot of these places I had been to, but a lot of them I have not. And like, will I ever right. go back there? Unclear. So let's really like see how much I can scratch, at least off the surface and ideally below the surface. Sure, sure. And I definitely, I definitely can attest to that. I loved. There's a certain amount of money that you're getting on tour that you want to save. It's a, it's a great oh, yeah. job to get, absolutely. And then at the same time, you also have to explore. Because oh, yeah. that's the whole point of it. It's like we are working this beautiful craft that we have, and we, I don't want to say got lucky, We and I don't want to say got blessed. I would just say that we have this moment and this opportunity yeah. to explore because of the fact that we booked a show. Yeah. How cool is that to say it sure. like that and to really be able to just go above and beyond and not just twiddle your fingers in the hotel room, I think is huge. Yeah. And I don't really know anyone on a tour that would do that unless they're going through a lot of personal stuff. Right. But, you, but I you mean, like, listen, if you have to, to oh yeah, oh yeah. But if you have to stay like at home, I think, you know, another thing was finding really cool Airbnbs in each place. So yeah. that like you, when you are in a place that is your home for the week or the two weeks or plus that you're there, then it does become a place that you do want to spend time because it finally feels like you have some sort of roots, you know, and that is the, that's normal. Exactly. And that is the weird balance of tour where it's, you know, you are exploring and you're constantly moving around and that's glorious. But yeah, sometimes you really just want to (laughs) sit and and feel Well, and not be in a hotel room. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. The comfort of that. I even feel that too. I don't know if you ever feel that if you ever go home for holidays or different stuff like that and getting out of the city for me and and kind of like curling up by a fireplace or oh, yeah getting you know getting out of the city and like having an actual christmas tree and not just like looking at the one at rockefeller center and <laughs> fifth avenue in the windows right. or the backyard what that feels like and not to be mm-hmm. in a park so yeah. it's definitely something that I was going to say to you that whole outdoorsy thing and I've talked about that a few times on the podcast as well is it's this whole mentality shift of just being in nature there's actually like a huge mentality shift for you just just being in it not not even necessarily walking in it Mm -hmm. not necessarily you know going on a run or anything but just like physically being around greenery and smelling that specific type of oxygen and it's just way peaceful and the scattered amount of sunlight that comes through oh, yeah. the leaves, you know, all that stuff. It, it really does do a lot of good and a lot of recentering for me. As oh well. yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I would imagine there has been research done about like the benefits of being out specifically in nature. I'm fairly certain that's a study somewhere. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, scientifically proven. And I'm going to, you know, pretend that that's a claim. Facts are facts, right? So here's <laughs> a fact, facts. <laughs> you know, it's great to be I in nature. Love, yeah. Right. But facts are facts too. You, you have quite the education yourself as well. You. you know, you've definitely done a lot of studying going back to what we were saying in the beginning is I put all this time and effort into this craft, mm-hmm. which you have, you've, and you also are teaching within the craft right yes. now too. I didn't go and get my BFA. Um, I got a BA. Uh, so I went to very liberal arts. I had applied to a bunch of BFA programs. I got into a few BFA programs at programs. And when I uh, was making the decision whether or not to do that, I realized I had a lot of other interests, which I th- yeah. I'm grateful for. So the liberal arts education was important for me. So I majored in theater, acting and directing with a double minor in creative writing and philosophy. So I really went creative, I really went like yeah, liberal you went arts. all out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I moved back to New York, which is home for me, and uh, was mostly doing yeah musical theater regionally. But I really wanted to do more on camera work, and you know things were happening, and I was working consistently, which I'm very grateful for. But a mentor of mine was like, you know, if you want to do this for the long haul, get more training. So. Long story short, yeah, I went through the uh, master's MFA circuit, audition circuit, and I got into a few places and I ended up going um, and getting my master's in acting out at the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. And while there, a part of the program is, it's called like a certificate in citizen artistry, which is really how do you bring the craft into the community and uh, what are the ways in which you could facilitate arts, especially theater, into perhaps neighborhoods that need it or don't have accessibility to it or what are the ways to teach with inclusion, diversity, equity, hopefully in mind. Um, So that was a component of teaching uh, that was in the program. And then once I graduated, I started taking on -on one-on-one individual clients, mostly for BFA, MFA coaching, as well as audition prep. And then while on tour, I really started doing more master classes and workshops as I hopped around from city to city, which I love very, very much. And interestingly enough, like I'm super, super grateful for that timing of it because I have that skill set really, frankly, like I've harnessed it prior to COVID. Whereas now, while I'm in this pandemic, it's been something that has not only been what's allowing me to frankly stay afloat, but it's the thing that's filling me with joy. Like I haven't really performed. I know I haven't really performed on my own in months, but I've been teaching a lot. Um, So through various organizations that have been transitioning their programs onto, you know, through virtual platforms, um, as well as one-on-one coaching. And the cool thing is that now there's the idea that, oh, this is the norm to be teaching via a Zoom screen versus prior to that. It's like, it's most ideal to be in person. And if I wasn't in person with you, then let's not work together. But I'm teaching and coaching people who are international you know it's it's wild the reach that this has been able to afford in that respect so yeah I I now I'm I'm doing still BFA and MFA coaching I do something called monologue sourcing where I basically meet with you learn about you as a human being what you love and I like find monologues specifically for you Um, I do something called breaking down the text which is really about like how do you take a piece of material whether it's a song monologue scene Shakespeare whatnot and like really tear that apart so that it becomes very specific um whether it's for an audition or a you know show specificity is everything I feel like yeah consistent thing you always hear in any workshop in any class you ever took in anything you took like camp when you were a Mm -hmm. kid specificity is truly key and it does come from breaking it down Right. Yeah, but like it means like be it's specific. So okay, so for yeah. me, it's like okay. Here are like tangible ways that you get specific, specific with this material. Because for me, it was always like okay, I'll get specific. Like I'll talk to like a friend. Okay, <laughs> well, let's get really clear. You know, like so like, that who type, is that what exactly? Kind of do you, you see them? them? What are they wearing? Like that's yeah. Mm-hmm. So getting really, really specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, Shakespeare. I've been doing some scene study, which is a little bit harder, obviously, on Zoom, but it still works. And uh, oddly enough, and we spoke about this, too, uh, I lead something called the body scan, which is basically a hybrid um, warm up, in essence, that I do in person, usually when I meet with master classes to really create a collective space, as well as a groundedness um, to work that I've also just kind of created a full length formatting for as well. So kind of running the gamut. I love that. Yeah, no, and you're doing so many different things, which is 
all we can do is just be as diverse as possible. And I also love that you say it has been bringing you joy because I honestly, I can admit that that is what this podcast has done for me. I can Mm -hmm. honestly admit that's what my yoga stretch specific hybrid class that I've been teaching has been bringing to me is because I need that joy. I still need to be an artist. That will always be in me, whether I have a sales rep job or whether I am a full-time full-blown artist and, and that, and finding that joy, but also giving, I don't want to say giving back, but also giving all that information that you have that you've you've accustomed to yourself and, and a way of shedding it on others. Yeah. But it's also like, frankly, me, you know, if me doing an acting the song or like an acting the monologue, which this month I am doing an acting the monologue through one of the programs, like that's how I'm staying strong as an actor. If I'm unable to be clear about what I'm needing for somebody to do or a note that I'm trying to have somebody to take or like some adjustment, like if I don't know what I'm getting at and I'm not Mm -hmm. clear in that, then not only is that going to be like relatively traumatic, but also that's not going to, it's not going to work. Right. So in order for me to be clear as a coach, I have, it's a, it's just a mutual beneficial situation. Me having to be clear and a good coach makes me a better actor and me being a better actor Mm. makes me a better coach. And it's just a cyclical situation that I'm grateful. I'm incredibly grateful for. And I feel like perhaps that's why I'm not feeling as much remorse or whatever about performing right now because of the fact that I am, I'm getting so much gratification from, from coaching. I'm learning so much from these gorgeous humans who are being vulnerable and brave and showing up. Um, and that's not only encouraging, but it's reinvigorating my love for the craft. Is there anything specific that you teach or notice on a student and it really excites you about coaching? Yeah. One or two specific things that I love when I am able to help them point out this, or I love when something I love. I mean, it's wonderful when you see like an aha moment, you know, when it's either that you've, you've explained something in a way that perhaps I imagine they've heard in many, many times, but it's like, Oh, like that for me is the best. And I know that's not specific. I guess like the ideal student for me is someone who is able to show up and accept that what we are doing is not a performance. It is, it is a time where you are able to take risks be brave, be vulnerable, try something new that you've always thought about when you were like looking at yourself in the mirror, but like, we're like, oh, that'd be stupid. No, no. Like, unless you do that once, at least you're always going to wonder, right? So I'm, I love collaborating and creating with people who are willing to just like be a mess um, and forget their line. I love when people forget their lines. And for some reason, I don't know what it is, but you know, we're ingrained, especially in undergrad that like, oh, you messed up your line. You screwed up. No, when you forget your lines, that actually means that your body was so present that your brain wasn't thinking. Oh, I love that. I never really thought about it like that. Completely. It's because all of a sudden you've allowed yourself to do something new and your brain is not connected to like the words. It's new, yeah. And all of a sudden there's this like, it's a beautiful disconnect. Your body was going and doing something naturally was so present or maybe you did something different and all of a sudden there's no autopilot anymore and you don't know what the next words are because they weren't there for that type of way of working. And so, you know- I coached somebody the earlier this week and that happened and they forgot their words and they like brush it off. And like at the end of it, and I explained that to them and there was an aha moment of like, Oh my God. And all of a sudden the work that they were doing this next go around was like, 
I mean, it was outrageously beautiful because there was this release of of control of needing it mm. to be a certain way, right? That's yeah. the beauty of what we do. We get to try things in every situation that we put on this work. It can be malleable. You know, if we're talking to somebody different, the words that we say should be different. If we're sitting in a right. bedroom versus a bar, like we're going to speak differently. You know, like there are all these things that that is the beauty of, of what we do um, and the rigidity of of many people, um, which I understand. It's just stems from insecurity. Like, I get that. Right. Been there, done that. Right. I've said that so many times, too. And I'm like, I don't mean to say this in a bad way. And like any actor that disagrees with me you're 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 Please. a unicorn but yeah but we are so insecure and i don't yeah. mean it in a bad way everybody is every single there's human so being on this planet is yeah that are insecure there's two different types of actors in my personal opinion and some people that leave it a little bit early are people that that need the applause in a negative mm-hmm. way or validation in a bad way they yes they needed it for validation and every one of them has a specific reason why whether it's something to do with family growing up uh, maybe a partner that you had whatever it is and you're, you're looking for validation in the applause that's where I feel it's unhealthy but we are insecure but the beauty of being insecure and then admitting that you're insecure is that we're able to find ways to unravel that and open it up and broaden it up because do you know what I mean there are some actors you see them sometimes and you're like oh I know this person and like this is their actor voice and I know that that sounds that's probably someone that sounds so basic but do you know in the sense that like you can kind of see that their neck oh yeah feel like for sure there's breathing. tension you see that yeah. this tight this tightness in their neck and all of a sudden everything's moving around them but like do you see my whole entire face is completely yeah. different as opposed to like being loose and being honest now you can't be yourself for every single character you play you're obviously yeah but you are either. always there exactly and you know, that's where I get in this weird thing about this actor mode where I'm like, so those are the two types of actors that I feel usually end up like frivoling out of this yeah. in a way. But yeah, it is definitely interesting to see people in the raw and in that insecurity because yeah. that is truly for me as an actor where my beauty spun from. I feel like for me, I don't spun necessarily from. use the insecurity word because for whatever reason that has such a negative connotation and I feel like again that's like society for me it's just vulnerability right like to be vulnerable right like if you show up and you're vulnerable then you're able to receive right acting is reacting it's acting to act Mm -hmm. to be an actor it's a verb like we are actors we're acting right it's something that you do Right. And there's this idea that because it's something that we do, we have to always be like on and doing versus just like being and receiving. Right. And so in order to be in Meisner, it's true. I know. But listen, it's real. The eight. Yeah. 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 But like in order to be and receive. Right. You have to be present which means that like, let's say today I didn't want to show up and I have to be here. Well, then that's where you are. You know, like yeah. meet yourself and where you okay are, yeah. you know, because you can't move to the next thing unless you move through that. And that is a matter of being vulnerable and acknowledging, hey, I don't want to be here. Great. Amazing. Now me as the other actor acting opposite you, I know what I'm dealing with. And then I right. can act accordingly, you know, as opposed to like, nope, I'm here and there's a guard up and now nothing's going to hit me. And now as the actor acting opposite you, then like no one's sure. serving each other. And the whole point is this collaborative art form, right? So yeah, vulnerability and like understanding that like 
will will constantly be growing and every day and many moments of every day will feel different and that is beautiful and that is okay so just show up where you are and work from and there that's like, like a relationship too you know? oh my I god think yeah that. like being extremely vulnerable with your partner is probably the partner that you will actually love and you might not understand yes. the difference of why but it's because you're showing up and they're yeah. showing up in that vulnerable way I do like I do like that way of saying it better what I I want to readjust is that those insecurities allowed me to accept that I had insecurities making me vulnerable correct which then allow you to be brave and human human and move through them exactly like that's you know taking these these things that we put on our shoulders as these weights or you know this is my burden or this is my baggage well why don't you own that that's yours it's your stuff Great. No one else has that stuff. That is part of your story, right? That's what makes you you. So let's not like pretend that that doesn't exist. How can you make that a part of your storytelling? And like, how can you fully show up with all of that? That's what makes compelling, complex, interesting people, which is what actors are, you know, and also (laughs) makes me want to watch you, right? Like, why do I care to watch somebody else if if you're the one who's bringing all of these layers of, of your uniqueness to it. Exactly. You no, know? exactly. I, I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I kind of want to dive in a little bit more on the body scan. Sure. Because I want to know how this is, because I think as we were speaking of it, tactually, it would be really good to use in any setting, whether you're an actor mm-hmm. or not. So I kind of want to, want to hear the breakdown of that and how how you how you began teaching it and how yeah your thoughts yeah I have I had an incredible mentor coach close friend now um in grad school his name is Jeffrey Crockett he's brilliant 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 um his work is healing transformative and him as a human being is one of the most beautiful people I have ever had the privilege of working with and he comes from an Alexander Technique um, background, which is all about basically like how do you relax your muscles without actually doing anything is I think like the essential breakdown of Alexander. And that first chapter in the book too is about like the baby crying and, and then how we learn how to, right. stop talk, how to stop screaming because we're told shh. And how that changes our body and our mentality. Exactly. Yeah. So being yeah, there's like we like hold that. all these tensions and having to like actually teach, reteach our bodies to like trust that you can relax or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then a mix of um, Mittendorf, which is another Issa, um, Ilsa Mittendorf was another one of his trainings, and then he kind of developed this own breath work body of work that I was so grateful to have learned in grad school. Um, So I've taken, I guess, like what he has taught and made it my own. I am not a very mindfulness type of person. I'm like really working on it. We were talking about that. Yeah, I was like, oh, I take this yoga trust class and I talk all about like, like meditation you're like not my mo but like good for you yeah (laughs) yeah like I mean I love I I love yoga I've I've definitely gone through waves in my life where that has been like my quote-unquote practice but I would never ever call myself like a yogi I don't think I have the um internal energy that is like in alignment with a classic mindfulness (laughs) understanding I definitely am like 
I have a New York rhythm. Yes. But I think in order to recognize that mindfulness as a practice isn't something that I need to be excluded from, if anything, I want to be a part of it. Like, how can I find my own version of that? Yes. With that said, this practice of what I now call, I guess, the body scan is my version of being mindful without having to like, and now friends, let's calm ourselves and, and breathe. Like, I don't respond to that. Sure. I get in my head. Um, so this is a hybrid version of that that feels a little bit more um, active in some way, Great. Um, even though it's not. So yeah, I mean, the gist of it is, and again, you probably are super familiar with like a version, if not this, where, you know, you stand ideally in what one would call neutral, which I hate that phrase, but you know, over your feet in whatever way uh, feels best for you on that day in that moment. And if not, you can lie on your back and, you know, like a semi-supine or if you need to sit in a chair, whatever, honestly, wherever you are is, is best. Um, and what I would do is I basically guide you through a scan of your body, right? So it's like the space around your head, this, you know, your actual head, your forehead, your nose, your cheeks, your jaw, let's move it a little bit and, you know, massage your jaw, then down your neck to your shoulders, your shoulder blades, your ribs, your heart, like really going through your entire anatomy in whatever the pacing is necessary for however much time I have. But the goal of it is simply about inviting breath into each space. Good so enough. it's not necessarily like, okay, now think about your forehead. It's more like, great, like let's move down to your forehead. Um, and I in invite you to, you know, breathe breath in through your nose, out through your mouth, into that space as you move down towards your nose, you know, and like as we go through certain parts of your body, emotions do tend to come up and I, I feel like that is the beauty of this right where when you get to your gut your stomach whatever all and you put a hand there I usually say like I invite you to put a hand in your stomach if that feels good for you and you know breathe in through your nose out through your mouth and you know like that's an area where things start to come up where all of a sudden your mind is like drawing attention to certain areas of your body and like acknowledge what's happening do not judge it is like the core of this zero judgment acknowledge where you are acknowledge what's coming up and just continue to invite breath into that area um and that connection automatically um is aligning the things in your body because there's no need to like change anything i think that's a lot of you know mindfulness in my experience i haven't found like a really great teacher thus far besides jeff in that respect um i have always felt like okay well if i'm not breathing properly here or if thoughts are coming in and out of my head then i'm a x person or i'm not doing this right you know and for me that never felt great yeah. um and this is like no if you're feeling antsy and you don't really want to stand then like that's where you're at yeah, you know and acknowledge yeah. that that's Mm -hmm. Great. Then breathe in. Just invite some breath as those thoughts and feelings come through you, right? And we scan all the way down to the floor. Uh, we move a little bit in whatever way your body still needs to move and feels a little bit left out. Then we'll scan all the way back up. And I usually end with setting uh, an intention for the workshop. And it has to be something that is accomplishable. So if you're not feeling particularly ambitious that day, like make it something that's like I choose, like I will consciously take one inhale through my nose, exhale through my mouth throughout the whole day, 
or if it's like I will smile consciously once whatever it is that like you feel is like the littlest thing so that by the end of the day you know you literally accomplished a goal you set for yourself right so it's a tangible intention the little little wins yeah we need exactly we need to set more of those for ourselves I, I I yeah we all do yeah, yeah, right, because we have these, like, long laundry lists of, like, oh, okay, this is my to-do list today. And then we look at that to-do list, and we only did four things, and then we feel really bad about the six that we right. didn't. And it's like, no, you did those four things, but right. let's, like, let's make it down even smaller. Like, yeah. what are these little things that we're accomplishing? You got up in the morning. Great. Yes. It was hard to get up. You got up. You set that intention. You did it. Yeah. You know, whatever. So I set an intention, and then if it's a, if it's a unit of three people uh, or of more people will take three collective breaths the first one and they're all for three different things and then we'll move on to the work I it's love kind of the that. long version I'm gonna have of to, the body scan no no you're good I that's that's great I was gonna say we should go through an example of it but I mean that that covers it and then that way we can now just start to send people your way and like direct them <laughs> direct hey, them to in, you yeah in. no I exactly. definitely I'll have to jump in because I know that I wanted to do it with you prior to chatting but didn't work living in boxes over here so yeah definitely I I definitely want to do that with you at some point I'm definitely I'll have to check it out so to to kind of wrap us up where do we where do we find you I am found on the interwebs at jenniferapple.net when you have a last name like mine it's hard to find anything with a com at the end (laughs) Um, so jenniferapple.net and uh, I'm on Instagram at Jennifer Apple underscore. Again, finding my name without, you know, unencumbered is quite difficult. So, yeah, those are, I'd say, my two main main streams of communication. I, I think I'm relatively accessible. I do communicate with, you know, people when they slide into my DMs. When they slide into my DMs back to our beginning, yeah. And you, are you're you know. doing only individual coaching right now or do you have any group classes you're doing virtually? So at the moment, I'm actually hopefully going to release, uh, I don't know when this podcast is coming out but yes. <laughs> I'm hopefully going to release more um like starting for me I'm also working with another I think we're kind of creating like a female collective type of thing cool. like that's going to do like a whole all-encompassing workshop um but I'm definitely cultivating those on my own in terms of workshops I'm if you are at a university or a high school or a middle school or a theater program and you want me to come in and speak or run and do a workshop like I do that a lot um, and then, yeah, I'm also teaching in these various um, organizations online. And then I obviously with myself. So feel free to reach out in general. Yes, I love all of it. I'm so glad we got to talk about all these different things. Me and too. Your, your mindset. I'm so glad you reached out. I was, I'm honestly, like you said, there's positive, positive and negatives to the internet. But like this truly was yeah. such a... Agreed. Yeah, like this was, it was really nice. Even the first time we talked on the phone, you were like... I, I sent you no, a voicemail right. now. Yeah, I sent you that voicemail. Yeah. And I was like, hi, welcome to my page. I'm so glad you like <laughs> I, and I think just, I was like, I love the fact that you sent a voice memo. I was like, this but is But I said we're craving human contact so much. It was like someone yeah. I was meeting for the first time. And for me, it's like a handshake. I'm such a, I'm a European in that way too. Like I always want to hug you. Hugger. Like, kiss you. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm ever introduced to someone right away, I have a very assertive handshake and like, just I, I yep. like to engage with people physically and eye contact so that's the closest way I can do that on my DMs. I know I send that to anybody if you're new and you follow me on Instagram I immediately send you a voice memo and say hi my name is Anastasia like welcome to my page and I, I'll make something oh, specific I'll look at their page because I I mean I would love that if I'm newly to follow someone so that's kind of right. my my little way of trying to be personable <laughs> Oh, I love that. 
Yeah, no, I, I love that is, so much. This is truly, truly a, a fabulous way to spend my early evening. <laughs> Yay, me too. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. I'm, I feel very honored that you had me on your podcast. Yes. So no. here I am. I love it. Yeah. I'm really glad. Thank you so much. Yay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I really was so ecstatic for Jennifer to reach out to me in the first place. And she really is a nugget of, of wisdom, giving a bunch of advice and different ways for me to even view things. I learned so much from having conversations with her as we kind of felt like we collabed vice versa a lot and just said, yeah, you're my vibe, you're my vibe. So I was thrilled to have her on the show and I can't wait to hear what she thinks of it once it's produced today so I'm excited I am doing these new features called after hours and that is going to be featuring the guest and doing a quick little 10 minute blurb that I will be putting on social media just to get you excited and jazzed about the episode itself before you've really listened to it so kind of if you if you haven't been subscribed you should subscribe to the channel in the first place please but if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet this would be a great way to kind of send this little blurb other people's way so they can understand what it is we're talking about and see if it's their mo and just continuing to create this community of the luxury of self-care and getting us all on board with taking care of the most important thing y-o-u uh, in other news i have that episode on sunday so be sure to check that out and look that up when I launch it. I will be talking all about teamwork. There are so many things that have been going on in the past three weeks and teamwork is a huge, huge thing that I have learned. I have a couple stories to talk about on there. So I'm really excited to be shooting that episode. And yeah, that's about it. I really hope you're all having a good week. Again, thank you so much for your patience. And I'm so glad to have you all back here and to be back on my twice a week, Thursdays and Sundays producing amazing podcast and content and collabing with all of you about what to produce I truly this this is my kryptonite during this time and as an artist it really fulfills me to give back but also all of the reviews and the constructive criticism and everything I hear from you really helps me as an artist feel like I'm doing something so I, I really truly appreciate each and every one of you so thank you so much for always tuning in and sharing and promoting. I, I love you all. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for tuning into today's episode on the luxury of self-care. If you haven't done so already, pop on over to Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on and subscribe to this show. If you have a moment, again, on Apple Podcasts, feel free to rate the show, send me a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts. In addition, you can find me and all updates on the show on Instagram at rumor underscore in underscore St. Petersburg. Yep, just like the Universal film Anastasia or like the Facebook page entitled The Luxury of Self-Care. Again, thank you so much for you as the audience. You are just as important to this show as I am producing this content. And it really, truly wouldn't be possible without all of your love and support. So thank you so, so much for all of that love and support. And as always, for tuning in.